Thanks for listening to the church at Severn Run Messages Podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Good morning. So we all have a choice about how we live in a broken world. In the joylessness of our pain, we can live in denial and pretend it isn't there. Or we can try to manufacture our own joy, kind of like lighting matches through the night in a hurricane. Another option, though, is to simply accept the invitation of Jesus, the light of the world, to be the light of our life and to be the difference. The reality is that it's all very hard, but it's also very, very simple this Christmas. Today, we just want you to know there are certain things that are a part of the Church of Severin that you just need to memorize, right? Like, you need to know that saved people, yeah, you guys are brilliant. And, and I want to begin kind of with a confession about joy. And that is, too often, the reality is that in terms of living joy in a broken world, um, the second part of this is, is too often what is in my life and under the surface of my life more than the first part. And the brokenness and the feeling that there's just things missing, um, the, the stuff from the past and, and, and the triggers from the present, it all just kind of reminds me of how broken not only the world is, but how broken I am and sometimes how very far from joy. But Father has called me to joy. Because in Christmas, Father has called us all to joy. And so I want to share with you that I believe with all of my heart that joy is a possibility. Know that joy is an inevitability for every believer. And in the first century, you know, it's pretty common sense if you think about it. How did people... How did people come to believe in Jesus? Well, he was born and he grew. And when he grew, he lived and and people could see and hear him. And in encountering Jesus, they, they came to believe. But in the 21st century, very few people ever get to, to see or hear Jesus. And that's what being the difference is about. But I want to share with you that I believe a very powerful part of that difference is the joy that we have in our lives. Not manufactured smiles, not uh, pretending things are fine, not slapping a a band-aid over a a bullet hole, but but a true joy that, that, that is about the presence of God. It's revelational. It is the difference. It is, it is a light in the dark world. And people are longing to know, is there any hope in the world? Is Christmas a reality or a hoped-for myth? And I believe with all my heart that the difference in our lives, instead of living out our anger, our broken, our sad, our sorrow, and sometimes our sorriness, that we could live the joy of Jesus and it would be a brilliant difference. 
Now I want to share, share some, some very basic things in the message this morning. This me- message is very near and dear to my heart. It is, it is something that, uh, that I have been sitting with and will be for a long time. And I, and I want to remind you of some things that may seem obvious, but I want to take you to them in a deeper way. Christmas is all about presence. Now, I, I didn't say presence with a T, but presence. And, and it really is. The, the, the truth is that joy is a person in a path. And, and wait a minute, did, did you guys know that? You, you know that saved people... But, but as we're looking for joy, did you know that joy is a, it's a person in a path. And, and it's all about presence because we live joy in the presence through the person on a path. Got it? We live joy in the presence of God through the person of Jesus. And, and it's not a static thing. It's on the road all of our lives on the path with Jesus in the presence The truth is that Psalm 1611 gives us how we find joy. You have made known to me the path of life. That verse means so many things, but it also is the story of Christmas. You have made known to us the path of life. So you've got to understand there is a path that you can walk or not walk. And the alternative paths, the Bible would say, they're not life. And you can call them life, but the Bible is going to disagree and say, this is not life. This is not joy. This is not peace or anything else. So there is a, a, a not life path, and then there is a life path. And you got to choose. And maybe today some of you aren't walking the path you think you are. And you will fill me with joy. Where, what does the scripture say? In your... Okay. It's okay to talk back in church. <laughs> I know some of y'all are introverts. I'm actually an introvert. It's okay, introverts. But even you can go crazy wild and you can, you can talk back as well. Um, so so I, it's really critical that you and I know this because we're going to spend our lives looking for joy somewhere. But we're not going to find it anywhere except here. So if you're alive and awake today and you want to know, know how to find joy, you've been searching for it, you're longing for it, nobody wants to intentionally live in sorrow, nobody wants to intentionally live broken in sadness, so if there's anything inside of you that wants to connect with a life that, that is there, here's where you find it. You will fill me with joy, let's say it together, in your presence. It's all about presence. The reality is is that we don't uh, gather in worship to check a religious box. The truth is that that we're here for the presence of God, to experience the presence of God. I'm not talking about chasing an emotion. I'm not talking about, um, you know, acting out certain cultural roles or norms or or, uh, rituals. I'm talking about in some form or fashion that's different in every way. It's not always a high emotion. It's not always anything because God is wild and uncontrollable and he never does the same thing twice. But what we're longing for, what we're here for is the presence of God. Never forget why you're here. And our gathered worship is one-seventh of worship. 
And it's like the chamber of the heart. The heart draws in blood that needs to be oxygenated. And it's oxygenated in the lungs and then it is, it is sent out. In the same way we gather in worship. And the scripture tells us, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We are better together. And when we go out on our own, we, we think, well, I don't need to go to worship. Well, can I, can I just say something to you? You know, two things. Number one, you're wrong. But, but number two, which is, you know, maybe you've never thought of, have you ever considered that God would use your life in a gathering to change someone else's? Maybe, maybe you, you, uh, you know, are prompted as you're sitting next to somebody, maybe you, you have an encounter, maybe you bump into somebody over a cup of coffee and, and your story or your life or, or your, something that you share, that's where they meet God that day. And if you're not there, that doesn't happen. But it's all about presence. The Christmas story is the story of presence. It's the story of being with. And, and it's a story of with that sets in between um, like, like bookends. Like, like here's the Christmas story. And in the beginning, in Genesis, we have a with story. And in the book of Revelation, in chapter 21, we have a with story. So it's the story of God with us between two other stories of with. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, the, the, the reality is that in the beginning of all things, we were created to be with the Creator. And the scripture there tells us the story of, of, of Adam. And, and God is walking in the garden in the cool of the day, which is really a cool vision and a cool image of God just wanting to be with. Only now sin has come into the world. And what is the revelation, the action of sin? It's distance. It's hiding from God. It's no longer desiring to be with him. And so God calls out, Adam, where are you? Obviously, God's the all-knowing king of the universe. He knows all things. But, but God's omniscience is never the first, um, you know, exercise of his being. It's relationship. And so he who knows the answer calls out, where are you? And, and Adam says, I, I hid because I was naked. And sin began an ever-growing gap and distance. Two lines traveling in opposite directions. And the with God desired was broken and shattered through our, our rebellion, our sin. The Christmas story is the story uh, foretold. In, in Isaiah 7.14, there's really, even in the Old Testament, Christ, Christmas is foretold. And, and there the scripture says that 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 the virgin will be um, with child and, and that a son will be born and, and God will send his son named Emmanuel. Emmanuel, um, in Hebrew, Im is with um, and El is, is God and, and the last suffix in the word is us, God with us. And so God sends his son in Christmas to redeem the eternal distance of sin so that, so that humanity might be again with God. And then in the, the final bookend of human history in Revelation 21.3, at the end, the beginning is redeemed and God experiences what he wanted all along to be with us forever. Listen to the with language in Revelation 21.3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling... 
We're not even at with language yet, but what's a dwelling? Okay, it's a place where you live, it's a place where you live with, right? This, this is a place where, where it's home. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Do you understand that the driving force of the universe from the beginning of time has been the desire of God to be with us, to be in relationship, that we might be in his presence, and in his presence experience the fullness of joy, and that the whole Christmas story is how God made all all of that possible, how God redeemed what was broken in the beginning and how God is restoring it all so that it can be even better than it was then. It's all about the presence of God. So remember, it's not about a denomination. It's not about your religious past. It's not about simply gathering and experiencing an emotion. It's not about gathering and checking a box or learning some things in your head. We are gathered to experience the presence of God. That the other six days a week we might go out and experience the presence of God. It is what we long for. Second thing I want you to know today is that God invites us into his presence through Jesus. And this may sound obvious in a sense, but, but I want to suggest to you that, it, that it's, it's less experienced than most of us really understand. Christmas is God's declaration that he will be with us present in our world in a completely new way this is not a myth I I'm telling you with all of my heart I am not all that in a bag of chips I'm I'm a a broken down kid who went to a second-rate school when he was young and 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 I wanted to learn all that I can and spent 12 years full-time another five year writing a dissertation so that I could know what the truth was And I am telling you with all of my heart, with all of the evidence that I've been able to find on planet Earth, that this story is the center of everything. This is our hope. This Christmas story, it is not tinsel and trees. It is the presence of God surprisingly revealed in vulnerability, nailed to the cross, rising in a power never foreseen. And it's all for a purpose. So that we could hear the personal invitation of God to say, I want you to be with me. I want you to experience life in my presence. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the scripture says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And so, so here were the shepherds and here we are, just living our broken lives. They in the dark, literally us in the dark, uh, figuratively and spiritually. We didn't do anything to cause Christmas. There wasn't anything we did. You know, we weren't dancing around a fire, praying, you know, to uh, motivate the angels to show up in, in life. We were just living our life, and God, on his own initiative, offers a declaration and then an invitation through the person of Jesus. And shouts, I love you. 
And I'm going to come down on earth in the flesh and show you what love looks like. I'm going to live love all the way through life to death. And then I'm going to show you how strong my love for you is. That on the third day, you'll know love can't die. At least not mine. You see, God invites us into his presence through Jesus. Proximity is the solution. Distance is the problem. When I am cold, there's a simple reason I am cold. I am far from heat. Right? And, and so, the closer I move to heat, well, the warmer I am, and the less cold is a reality of my life. Presence is everything. And Jesus is the invitation of God into his presence, which is the fullness of joy. If, um, if it is dark, well, it's just a distance problem. It's dark because I am far from light. And if I move towards the light, why? Duh, no more dark. And so I want you to understand that, that proximity is everything and, and that distance is the reason for the deepest suffering in your life. The stuff that is soul deep and, and life-sucking, the stuff that makes you not want to live, the stuff that makes you think there's something um, fatally and eternally flawed inside of you and that it's not a good thing for you to be on planet Earth, all of that is, is about a distance problem from the fullness of joy in the presence of Father. So how do we live joy in a broken world? We accept the invitation into the presence of God through Jesus. But I want to share something with you today that, uh, that I, I'm praying will, will be a, a life changer. Now there's, there's some of us who are not at a place yet in our spiritual journey where any of this Jesus stuff makes sense. It seems like an unreality and... And the brokenness of it all, we can't see the sense of redemption yet. We can just see the, the tragedy of the brokenness. And I want to encourage those of you in that place, you, you keep asking and seeking and just pray a prayer like this. If there's, there is no God, then praying a prayer like this isn't going to cost you a thing, right? But pray a prayer like this, God, reveal your presence to me. And if you mean it, watch what happens over time. So, so that's one category of people. There's another category of us um, who are kind of, I would call, almost religious cynics. Um, and so we're the people who uh, we kind of want to cover our bases and, and check our boxes. And so, so you know, we... We had a Catholic background, Methodist background, Baptist background, some other brand background, and we checked the box, salvation for Jesus, because we don't want to go to hell, right? So I buy insurance, right? You know, I have insurance to cover a tornado in my home. I've never had a tornado, but I'm covered. So, okay, there was a Jesus, nice, keep your distance, but I... I Filled out a card as a child. I did this or that as a child. Um, I accepted you as a teenager, whatever. Box checked. Now I'm good. I'm on with my life. Okay, that's, that's nothing like what anything is in the Bible about 
life in the presence of, of Jesus or accepting the invitation of God. That, that's very human, very religion, uh, very broken. And then there's another category of people who, who sincerely believe that Jesus is the answer and he's the life and, and that there's something to Jesus. There's, there's, I mean, seriously, even in his name, there's something different than every other name on planet Earth. Nobody on planet Earth curses uh, for Buddha or Muhammad or anybody else, right? Darkness has to attack the one name. So there's power in this one name, and, and even, you know, why is it you can talk generically about God, nobody's offended, but you mention Jesus in the public forum, and ooh, because there's something about Jesus. And so you've, you've got that part, but here's what I, I wonder if what's missing in your life. See, the truth is we can't say yes to the person of Jesus without saying yes to the path of Jesus. It's all about presence. And, and to say yes to the person of Jesus is to accept the invitation of God, um, not only in, in a, you know, moment of time, but for, for the movement of all time through life. You're committing to live on the road with Jesus. You're committing to get up and, and go from where you are after you've heard this good news and act on it. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 15, the scripture says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. They're leaving their sheep. This is a job vulnerability thing, right? I mean, seriously, you're, you're there to keep the sheep from wandering off or getting killed by, by wolves. But, but they made a move. And they acted. And the shepherd said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. And when they had seen him, listen to what they did. They spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. There was a path difference in their lives. And all who heard about it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. Do you know what I think amazed them? It was the joy of these ordinary, uneducated, unqualified people that they could not deny or explain. Many of us are miserable because we're stuck in the distance of religious abstraction and unbelief instead of alive in the very presence of God. We can um, put on outward airs. We can act in certain ways. We can, we can do that from a false motive, you know, like we're, we're pretending and being hypocrites. We can also do it from a true motive because I think this is what being a Christian looks like. And so we're trying real hard to act Christian, talk Christian, live Christian, say Christian things. But what's missing is the fire of God's presence. And so, so I want to share with you that, that when those angels had uh, announced and the shepherds had moved and they had been in the presence of Jesus, they were fired up, right? Because being in the presence of God is kind of like starting something. <laughs> and, and their lives were just ignited. And that's what the presence of God always does. To accept Jesus is to accept a life of being continually on the road with him. And I think that's the piece that's missing in our lives is, is a level of, of living intentionality every day on the path with Jesus. 
Because there is a Jesus path and a non-Jesus path. And if you're not consciously and intentionally seeking the Jesus path, then you're unconsciously or, or intentionally seeking to avoid his path. It's kind of like here's a path and there's a minefield on either side and we're living carelessly and, and we're walking on the path for a little bit and, and, and then we, we say, oh, she looks good or he looks good. Or that looks great. I'm going to go over here. And we walk off into the minefield and we, we wound ourselves and blow ourselves up and damage other people. And then we're going, God, why did you do this? You left my path. Some of us are so frustrated that, that at the dawn of 2018, we're really wondering, is there anything to this whole Christian thing? Is there anything to Jesus? Is there any real hope or in the world is joy even possible for my life because we're just stinking worn out and we're not seem to be going anywhere. Can I suggest to you that the reason is is because you forgot that joy is both a person and a path? And maybe you've accepted the person but you forgot the path. You forgot life intentionally seeking his presence every day and you're pedaling hard and exhausted and so tired of being in the same place that you're just about to give up. Well, guess what? This ain't going to get you anywhere. But get on this, start pedaling in circles and you're going to go amazing places and be unstoppable. In Matthew 9, 9, Jesus comes up on, on, on the, a guy named Matthew. And he was sitting there at the tax collector's booth, which means really the moral equivalent of almost being a drug dealer, right? This guy was slinging heroin. Um, this guy was a traitor to the people of Israel. Uh, he was a profiteer. Um, he was free to not only... Uh, collect Rome's taxes, but add a little something, something for himself at will. So if he didn't like you, um, he could basically put the screws to you. And, and, you know, this was a powerful guy. And all he had to do was just call the Roman, um, you know, the Roman army to stand behind him and to sort of, sort of, it's like you and whose army? Well, this one. <laughs> So this was a hated guy, unqualified um, for, for anything in, in Jewish religious life. And, and look what happens. In a very unexpected way, kind of like the angels song, Jesus shows up. And he says two words. These are path words. He says, follow me. And Matthew did something. He didn't do the religious this. He did this. He immediately gets on the road. Matthew got up and followed him. And while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him. With, there's that language again. <laughs> the presence of God. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? This scripture is, is the revelation of an invitation. Nothing qualified Matthew or the shepherds except accepting the invitation to be with. You see, joy, it does exist in a broken world. And, 
And although life is hard, we can live joy in this broken world in a way that's astonishing. It's joy, it's a, what is joy again? I forget. What, what, sorry, I don't, can you guys, joy is what? It's a person and a, but you don't sound real convinced about it. you kind of hesitant to help me remember joy is a, so, so if I put those two things together, I'll experience the presence of God, the fullness of joy in my life, no matter what the circumstance. You see, there is no presence of God outside the person and the path. It's not in religion. It's not in, in, in money or, or any of the, the brokenness, any of the empty sensuality in this world, nothing that you can view on the internet late at night. There is no joy anywhere in the world except in the presence of God. But too often we focus on what the path is through instead of who the path is with. But in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. Do you remember Peter in the storm when he got out of the boat and walked on water? Quite an event, quite a storm going on in his life. But for a season, the storm didn't matter when Peter was aware of who he was with. And in the presence of Jesus, Peter walked on water. Cancer's going to come. The heart attacks, they're, they're, you know, yes, we can do some things about those, but they're still going to come and death is going to come. And the tragedy of this broken world is that it's a dying down world. The real tragedy of this world is that every beautiful child born is going to die. And, and those amazing grandkids that, that are just like the joy of, 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 of our, our lives, they they're touched by this too. And yet God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes would have eternal life. They will never die. And, and neither the shepherds um, nor uh, Matthew did anything to deserve the invitation of God. God caused it all. Our part in joy is to accept the invitation to be with in presence. And so Jesus, this, this amazing God child, grew up vulnerable, lived his life, um, taught amazing things, but, but lived even more amazing things and was crucified and his blood shed for the the payment of our sins and on the third day rose again all to offer the invitation to be with. I got to admit there's many things that scare me in life. I don't know how people age without Jesus, right? Aging is no, not an issue until you start accumulating losses. Um, but it can, aging can start young. I mean, you're 22 and, and you 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 tear an ACL, you can't play sports anymore, there's starting to, the reality of this world kind of hit in. And for me, just to be honest with you, one of the things that scares me to death is like Alzheimer's disease. My grandmother had it. Uh, my mother doesn't have Alzheimer's. She has um, these mini strokes that are being thrown off by a heart arrhythmia. And, and now we're down to about 60 seconds in, in, in conversation. And so, 
you know, when I call mom, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell her what's going on, and, and we have a great conversation. About 60 seconds later, she'll ask, what's, what's going on? It terrifies me. Now, every time I forget where my keys are or call one of the dogs by the wrong name, I'm going, you know. Too often we focus on what the path is through when the reality is it does not matter what the path is through. I don't, I don't know what the rest of life is going to look like, but I want to tell you in joy, I'm not afraid of it. You shouldn't be either. We can live joy in a broken world. Because I want to tell you that we get to walk through this world with Jesus. And in his presence, there's the fullness of joy. It's not a myth, it's a reality. It's ours by gift, not by right. Every future you fear is only fearable, to make up a word, if there's no Jesus in it. But if you'll go to that future you fear and see that there's a Jesus there, <laughs> and you get to be with him in the storm, you'll you'll find the storm doesn't really matter. The with does. But to be with Jesus requires intentional living, consciously seeking to walk in his steps, to seek God's will in his joy every single day. Guys, joy is possible. It's a person it's a path. It's the experience of the presence of God that has been the desire of God from before you were ever born. Joy, it's simply living every day, accepting the simple invitation of Jesus. Come, be with me. Sun rose. It's a song of God saying, Come, be with me. The sun sets. The Father says, Put your head on your pillow and hear the song of my son <laughs> saying, Come, be with me. The sun rises on a new day with all of its challenges and all of its pain and and it's just not a problem because Jesus has already got a path and, and he's come by your booth and he said, uh, Mary, follow me. David, follow me. Greg, follow me. Sharon, you, you follow me. And by name, you are invited, not because of anything you did, nothing we did caused Christmas. The angels showed. And now we get to choose. So here's your chance, people, to believe and to let your life forever change from this moment forward. To go from here to here to every day live with intentionality, seeking the path of Jesus into the presence of God Himself. So my simple question at this time is, will you accept your invitation to joy? And will you hear Jesus today saying, you'll find joy in being with me?
We have stations on the side that are open. If your knees work, um, man, we'll even let you kneel at your chair. You can come to one of the crosses and, and saying, Jesus, I've made it all too hard and all too complicated and I'm really tired of staying in one place. I just want to be with you in the fullness of joy. I'm dead serious when I say Jesus is waiting just to see if anybody here will respond to his invitation to be with. Will you answer? With your life, will you answer? Let's respond. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. As we like to say, Love well, live Jesus, and believe big.